Hi, everybody. It's Connie Bowman from Happy Healthy You, and I want to tell you about a special event that's coming for the first time to the Mid-Atlantic. It's Wanderlust, and it's the biggest yoga and music festival around. It's coming to Snowshoe Mountain, West Virginia, June 5th through 7th, and I'll be there covering it for Happy Healthy You, and I can't wait. I can't wait to try the yoga by top-tier yoga teachers. The music will be live performances by artists from folk reggae to hip-hop. There'll be great opportunities to explore and enjoy nature with explorative hikes, runs, and kayaking, outdoor meditations, photo treks, and lots more. There's also a lecture series with lots of great and interesting speakers, and the food and wine is supposed to be phenomenal. I can't wait to try it. The festival tour continues beyond Snowshoe to Stratton, Vermont, Aspen, Snowmass, Colorado, Squaw Valley, California, Whistler, British Columbia, and Tremblant, Quebec. Back. So for more information, go to www.wanderlust.com. And for more about snowshoe reservations, visit www.snowshoemountain.com or call 877-441-4386. I hope to see you there. And now for this week's podcast. eat healthier. And sometimes I just get so bored with myself eating raw food. I mean, there's only so many broccoli and carrot sticks that you can eat without going a little stir crazy. So today I'm bringing in a chef for all of us to learn some new ideas for making our healthy eating regimen more exciting, less boring. Jay Looney is Chef Jay. He is out in Utah and he has built for himself a wonderful personal chef business. Hi, Chef Jay. Hi, Connie. Thanks for having me today. Yeah, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. I I love that you are a personal chef, and it sort of unfolded for you. You want to tell us a little bit about how you came to be a personal chef? Sure, sure. Um, I kind of grew up in food. Uh, my father was in the food service industry before I was even born, and uh, he does institutional food, which is like you know hospitals, universities, um, food on a large scale. And I, I just, as a little boy going into his kitchens, they were magical places to me, and I just fell in love with it. Uh, and I knew from a very, very young age that I wanted to be in the food service industry. Uh, when I was um, 14 years old, I lied about my age on an application so I could get hired as a dishwasher. I told him <laughs> I was 15. Um, just so that I could be involved in food. And, and a dishwasher, I mean, that's like the lowest of the low. It's a dirty, nasty job. You go home soaking wet and stinking something awful every night. And I still loved it, you know, because I was I was working in a restaurant and that's what I wanted to do. Um, over, over the next eight or nine years, I, I worked my way up from dishwasher um, to line cook to lead cook uh, to where I was eventually managing a prime ribbon seafood buffet on the weekends and, and working in a historic restaurant uh, during the week. But when I was uh, oh, 22, 23 years old, um, my priorities kind of shifted. I, I looked at all my friends that I'd you know, gone to school with and everything, and they were making a lot more money than I was uh, because food, you know, in general terms, doesn't pay a lot of money. And I decided to sacrifice what I loved for money. Um, so I got into corporate America and had some great experiences. I mean, I, I learned a ton. I worked for the Ritz-Carlton Hotel Company for a number of years um, and learned world-class customer service from them, which is a skill that I am so grateful for and still use today. Uh, I worked for UPS. I was in UPS management for almost a decade um, and learned a lot about processes and systems and just maximizing um, 
the effort required to accomplish any task from them. So it, it was, you know, I, I enjoyed my time in corporate America and I learned a ton, but it wasn't what I loved. As I was yeah. getting closer to my 40th birthday, I just, I decided I wanted to do something I was passionate about. You know, my life didn't suck. I didn't hate my job. I didn't, you know, I didn't have like a typical midlife crisis. I just, I really felt a need to do something that I was passionate about. And that involved getting back into food. Um, so through a couple of connections with friends who were in the industry, um, I ended up working at the Metropolitan uh, in Salt Lake City, which for 15 years was uh, the crown jewel of Utah's fine dining scene. Uh, they kind of blazed the trail for a lot of the really excellent restaurants that we have today. Um, I was there until they closed in August of 2011. Uh, when they closed, I accepted a position as executive chef of a steakhouse um, a little further north in Ogden because I thought that's what I wanted. I thought, you know, you know, being a, an executive chef, that's, you know, that's the pinnacle. That's my goal. And once I got there, I realized that it wasn't really what I wanted to do. Uh, you know, being an executive chef involves a lot of um, paperwork and ordering and scheduling and food costing and not a lot of actually hands-on cooking. And, and to me, my passion is all about the food. You know, I, I love just the visceral experience of, you know, the feel of an, a sharp knife cutting through an onion. Uh, you know, the, just the smells and the tastes and, you know, just very carefully crafting, a, 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 you know, a luscious soup, um, you know, something as simple as that. That's where I get my joy from. And I didn't get to do that as an executive chef. So I, I left position after about a year, you know, realizing that it wasn't giving me what I wanted. Um, and at the time, I was teaching a course up at the University of Utah on cultural aspects of food where I got to cook food from all over the world. And the great thing about this course is I got, I was exposed to students from, you know, all different parts of this world. I mean, just last semester, I had students from 19 different countries in my course, uh, you know, which is really fantastic because we get to share food. You know, they teach me about food, I teach them about food, and I get to expand their comfort zones and knowledge just as much as they're expanding mine. Um, but I had a nutritionist at the University of Utah approach me uh, and she's like, look, I've got a couple clients. They, um, they want to eat a little bit healthier. They're not interested in cooking for themselves. They're not interested in learning how to cook. They just want somebody to do it for them. Is that something you'd be interested in? Um, I talked with the clients and decided, yeah, why not? Uh, so I started cooking for them on a weekly basis. Every Tuesday, I'd drop a cooler full of meals off to them. Um, the most they had to do was pop something in the oven for about you know, 20, 30 minutes and have a warm home-cooked meal. And I, I've incorporated into this business my own philosophies on food. You know, I use locally sourced produce and proteins. Um, you know, I, I don't go to just one grocery store to get my uh, supplies. I hit a lot of the ethnic markets and spice markets, you know, getting the best quality ingredients that I can. And everything gets made from scratch. You know, that's, that's where my joy is anyway. And my clients really get to benefit from that uh, because they get to experience all these wonderful flavors that are nutritionally balanced. And, you know, regardless of what their health goals are, I can adjust, you know, macronutrient needs and things like that to, to really support them in where they're going. Um, so that's, and that's kind of where I'm at today. That's cool. You know, you said so many little gems. And one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you is because I saw, I saw on your Facebook page that you had all these, um, philosophical sort of little videos that you posted and you're just I can tell you're just a spiritual dude and you you have a lot of wisdom to impart in addition to your passion for for food so one of the Thank things you. one of the little gems as we're all following the path to our bliss 
Sometimes we have to find out what we don't want, in addition to finding out what our passion is. And I, I thought that was good. I mean, you were working in the food industry, but you weren't quite there. So you had to tweak it a little bit. And that's okay. So you did a little course correction and until you landed at the personal chef place. So that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. And then, and then you come to this place with so much passion. I love just the way you describe chopping an onion. I mean, that's just beautiful. <laughs> and that's what I need. That's what I think a lot of us need. Those of us who are aspiring to eat healthier diets and incorporate more raw food, more more fruits and vegetables into our diets. But how do we do that, Chef Jay, without like going crazy, eating the same thing all the time? I need some inspiration. So just lay it on us. Well, here's, you know, the first thing I'd like to share is just a, a very, very simple formula um, that I use with my clients, you know, anytime I'm developing a meal for them, because every week I, I develop a menu from scratch for them, Okay. Um, which, you know, might seem like an overwhelming task. But if you follow this very, very simple formula, um, you'll come up with a, a, a fairly nutritious meal pretty much every time. Um, and there's a lot of variety available once you know this formula. So it's very, very simple. One part protein, one part starch, two parts greens. Okay. And greens can be any kind of, you know, most kind of vegetables. So for example, you know, let's say you wanted to make, um, you want to use chicken as your protein, okay? Uh, maybe uh, some sweet potato as your starch, and maybe um, you've got some spinach on hand, so you'll use spinach as your greens, okay? So that's just an average meal for, you know, a, a, you know your typical person, say four ounces of protein is going to be plenty, okay? So four ounces of chicken breast, let's do something fun with that. Maybe we'll put a little bit of blackening spice on it, do like a blackened chicken, that'll be great. Um, that's easy to do, a little blackening spice on the chicken, sear it in a pan, it's ready to go. That's easy. Um, for our starch, uh, now that we're thinking blackened chicken, let's switch that out. Let's do brown rice. We'll make like a dirty rice. So um, chop up a little bit of, uh, you know, bell pepper, a little bit of celery, a little bit of onion, saute it in a pan with uh, just a splash of olive oil. Um, cook your brown rice the way it should be cooked, and then throw that in with a little, uh, throw a little blackening spice in with that. Now you've got a dirty rice to go right along with that. Uh, and then spinach salad, awesome. Take some of the leftover bell pepper, slice that up, um, toss that over the spinach. Maybe throw in a, a handful of pistachios or you know some uh, hazelnuts, something that you might have on hand, um, some walnuts. And then make a dressing from scratch for the salad. You know, it, it, making salad dressing from scratch is really, really easy. Um, you know, just whip up a quick vinaigrette with maybe some balsamic vinegar or something, and you've got a very nutritious meal that took you, uh, realistically, under 30 minutes to throw together. And that's how long you wait for a pizza to get to your door anyway. Well, that's true. Yeah, you make it sound so simple. One part protein, one part starch, two parts greens. Yeah, and that is a great formula. How about for our vegans and vegetarians out there, um, how do you supplement the protein if we're not eating meat? Here, here's my philosophy on veganism and vegetarianism. Um, you know, I, it, as... As Americans, I think a lot of times we try and substitute things. You know, if, if someone's chosen a vegan diet, there's tons of meat substitutes out there. There's tofurkey, there's, you know, vegan bacon, there's, you know, all these substitutes um, for, you know, so that you can live a vegan lifestyle and feel like you're, you know, still eating normal foods, so to speak. Um, but the truth is, outside of the U.S., there are thriving, beautiful cultures that naturally eat and food that is just vegan. And that's all they know is just vegan food. Um, you know, and so my suggestions really would be first and foremost, get adventurous, you know, explore some of these cultures, you know, Southeast Asians, mm -hmm. it's very easy to eat a, a, a vegan diet 
you know, uh, whether it's, you know, Vietnamese, Korean, um, they don't eat a whole lot of meat, generally speaking. Um, you know, lots of fresh fruits and vegetables and tons of flavor with all the different ingredients that they incorporate. You know, especially some of the ingredients they use, like, uh, you know, ginger and, and cilantro, garlic. Those all have micronutrients and phytochemicals that are vital to our well-being, and they just naturally get them in their diet. But there's, you know, things they use to substitute. You know, for example, if you were to go with like a, a southern Indian diet, you know, uh, lots of legumes. Um, you know, hummus is is a great Love example hummus. of eating vegan. Um, mm. Hummus is fantastic because it's you've got, you know, part of the proteins that your body needs in the garbanzo beans, and the other part of those protein strands are found in the tahini. You know, the, the sesame seeds. And so hummus is actually a complete protein. It's a great protein replacement. Um, mm, granted you have to eat a lot of it to count, you know, to equal out what an animal protein would be, but you know, hummus is one of those things that's always on hand at our house. It's a tasty snack food and you know, it's got lots of long-term health benefits as well. So explore some of the different foods from different cultures. What a great idea to mix it up. I love that idea. I love that idea. Well, it, it, just, just a really simple, you know, curry dish, you know, like a, a, a palau, uh, you know, which you'll find all throughout the Middle East, northern and southern India. Um, you know, start off with some onions and some garlic, saute them in a pan. Um, you know, throw in some diced red potatoes, uh, you know, some garbanzo beans. Um, season that with, if, if all you've got on hand is curry powder, that's totally fine. Uh, but my, I would really encourage you to look into what curry actually is. Um, you know, if you've got raw spices on hand, you know, throw in some cumin, some coriander, a little bit of turmeric. Maybe some cinnamon clove uh, and some cardamom if you've got it, which is not nearly as you know common in a lot of spice cabinets. A um, little salt, a little pepper, and then some coconut milk uh, just to kind of bring it all together. Serve that over rice, and you've got a very nutritionally balanced meal. Um, you know, if you serve that with a you know a, a bunch of greens or you know a salad or something like that. But between sure. the, the garbanzo beans and the rice, you're getting some good protein there. Oh, I knew I shouldn't start this podcast on an empty <laughs> stomach. This is just torture. So you make everything sound so delicious. Why don't we go through like a day? Give us some examples of breakfast, lunches, and dinners that you might deliver to your clients who are living a healthier lifestyle and, and maybe can inspire us to, uh, to do the same. Sure, sure. Uh, most of my clients, you know, especially like the elite athletes, um, you know, they start off with a green smoothie more often than not, mm. uh, you know, and, and green smoothies don't have to be a big confusing thing either. You know, that's an even balance between greens, fruits and water, you know. So one cup of fruit, one cup of veggies, one cup of water. Throw that in a blender, mix it up. You've got a pretty solid smoothie and play with the flavors. You know, um, I usually throw just a, a tiny piece of ginger in with my green smoothies as well for my uh, clients. Just because a lot of them, when they first start out with me, aren't used to having all of that raw vegetable in, in their system. And the ginger really helps with the digestion, making it much easier those first, you know, that first little while on their digestion and on their system. Um, but a green smoothie is a great way to start. Uh, if, if they've got the time, um, you know, cook oatmeal from scratch. If time is a, a factor, um, you can just do cold oatmeal, you know, put uh, some, uh, some water over the oats, stick it in the fridge the night before. Uh, when you pull it out in the morning, the oats have absorbed all the water and it's ready to go. You, you can either microwave it to warm it up or just eat it cold and it's tasty either way. Um, so that's a good solid breakfast getting you started on the day. 
Great. I put, sometimes I'll put, uh, oatmeal in my crock pot. Now I completely, yeah. I have forgotten about that for a while. <laughs> so, and you put it in the night before and throw in some nuts and dried cherries or dried, uh, cranberries. Oh my gosh. Uh -huh. So good. You don't need any sugar. It's just really good. So. Yeah. I like to add a little bit of, uh, uh, one of the ones that I do for my elite athletes is, um, it's actually coconut milk the oats and some cocoa powder no no sugar at all mm. but it makes this really rich chocolatey oatmeal that's just divine oh. and it's it, it's fairly low on the glycemic index because there's no i mean there's no sugar added oh put that in a crock pot imagine how great your house will smell in the morning mm. oh for sure mm -mm -mm. okay okay so let's move on to lunch then Lunch, um, generally speaking, this is the easiest place to get greens. I do a lot of um, uh, salads um, for my clients, you know, just and mix up the greens. You know, if you don't like kale, I'm not a huge fan of kale. Um, you know, use spinach. Use, uh, you know, you can pick up some artisan greens at most grocery stores um, that have, you know, lots of different flavors that make it just a really great salad. Um, so, again, two parts greens, one part starch, and just throwing some roasted potatoes on your salad can be really tasty, you know, mm -hmm. especially like roasted sweet potatoes. You get that little pop of sweetness to it um, and you're getting your starches in and, and you know, the carbohydrates are going to get you through that 2 p.m., you know, slug Slump. that most people get into where they just kind of check out for an hour until right. 3 p.m. rolls around. Right. Um, and then just top that off with some chicken or maybe some pan-seared tuna. Uh, you know, th th these can all be really, really simple salads. And then again, a house-made vinaigrette, you know, that'll take you under 15 seconds to whip up and you have a lot of flexibility as far as what flavors you do there. Do you have you, a do you want favorite? To talk about real quick? I do. Yeah. I would love to have a favorite vinaigrette recipe. Okay. Vinaigrettes, again, simple formula and, and go wild with this. Um, basically, it's uh, three parts fat, one part acid and an emulsifier. Now, nine times out of 10, the emulsifier I use is Dijon mustard. Any mustard works really well for an emulsifier. Like if all you've got is French is yellow. Just like a teaspoon of that is plenty. You're not trying to flavor the, the uh, dressing with it. You're really just getting the oil and the vinegar to blend together. Um, you, so for the acid, use whatever kind of acid you want. You know, use balsamic vinegar. Use rice wine vinegar. Use plain white vinegar is just fine too. Use, uh, you can use citrus juices, you know, lime juice, lemon juice, orange juice, grapefruit juice. Um, for the fats, generally speaking, I use a, a, an 80-20 blend of canola and olive oil. Um, but you can use straight olive oil if you want. You can use straight canola oil if you want. Um, and that's a, that's just a basic vinaigrette. Um, but for example, one of the meals my clients got this week was a salad with grapes and hazelnuts. Uh, and so I took these grapes were, uh, Moscat grapes. I mean, just the same that you make, you know, a Moscat wine from just really sweet, delicious grapes. Um, and I thought, you know, that'd make a really fantastic dressing. So I took a little bit of white wine vinegar, um, blended, um, a handful of the grapes up with the vinegar before I added the emulsifier and before I added the, the um, olive oil. Uh, and it made just a really fantastic dressing, you know, a pinch of salt in there and it went really, really well with the salad. Mm, that sounds delicious. Yeah, so play around with it. I love that idea. You know, one day I was, I, I happened to like kale and I, I love the sensuality of massaging my kale. So uh -huh. one day I was making a kale salad and I realized that I had used the last of my olive oil and the only thing I had was sesame oil. Oh uh -huh. my gosh, it was delicious. What's the deal with sesame oil? Because I, I really wasn't sure if I, I would like it, but I just loved it. Is it as healthy as as um, olive oil or some of the other fats? 
Um, you know, as long as you're you're getting a, a liquid oil, you know, not like one of the saturated fats, right. um, you know, like a, a you know bacon fat or something like that. Um, Health-wise, there's varying benefits between all of them. The thing I like about sesame oil is it's got a higher smoke point than olive oil. So I use that a lot. Like if I'm, you know, for example, if you wanted to sear some tuna and put on on top of a salad, use a little bit of sesame oil. Go for an Asian twist there. You know, mm. so a little bit of salt and pepper on the on the tuna steak. Use uh, sesame oil in your pan instead of olive oil. You'll get that nice, nutty, earthy flavor mm. from the oil that'll contribute to the flavor of the tuna. And then use the sesame oil as the fat in your dressing as well. You know, throw a little ginger and garlic in the blender with, uh, you know, some rice wine vinegar. Blend that up. Maybe add just a splash of soy sauce as well. And use the sesame oil as your fat. Okay, so three parts fat, mustard of whatever, whatever kind you prefer, uh -huh. and three parts of an acid, which could be vinegar, lemon, what else did you say? Grapefruit juice? Yeah, um, any, kind, any, any kind of acid. Citrus juices work well. Any vinegars that you've got on hand. And you're, again, your fats. I mean, you use sesame oil, use olive oil, use grapeseed oil. You know, find flavors that you like and that you enjoy and use those to make your, your dressings from. Mm, that's so freeing. <laughs> I, because I have all these vinegars and I always feel like I have to use the same kind of vinegar, but I, I'm, I'm going to experiment. Awesome. Yeah, go crazy. Awesome. And then the, probably the most fun meal, the most creative meal, even though they're all opportunities to be creative, dinner. Can you talk about some of the dinners that your clients enjoy the most maybe or some that you could recommend for us that might not be hard but still be nutritious and not boring? So, you know, I'm just making it hard for you. Sorry. <laughs> you, we don't want that much. Uh, my, my flavors tend to gravitate towards Southeast Asian things. Like I really love, you know, Vietnamese, Chinese, Japanese, you know, pretty much anything from Northern Africa all the way across to Japan. I love those foods. Um, and, you know, at first it required a little bit of getting out of my comfort zone and finding and using spices that I wasn't comfortable or familiar with. Um, but once I took that jump, the world opens up to you and there's so many different things you can do with, you know, having those types of spices on hand. One of my favorite quick and easy meals is just a Thai coconut curry. Uh, and it's really simple, you know, in a wok, um, just start out with, um, you know, some, some bell pepper, uh, some onion, a little bit of garlic, saute those together, throw in whatever protein you're using. You can use tofu, you can use uh, fish, um, you know, mahi-mahi tends to hold up well if you just cut that into like little one-inch chunks. Throw that in there and get that, you know, sautéing with the vegetables. Um, add in, uh, you know, some coconut milk, maybe half a cup, depending on how many people you're feeding, half a cup to a cup of coconut milk. And a little bit of red curry, uh, red curry paste, um, which you can find in most grocery stores. Um, if you want a little bit of heat, throw some sriracha in there as well. Uh, and then just serve that over... Um, like a jasmine rice or a basmati rice with cilantro and lime wedges on the side. It looks beautiful. It takes like under 10 minutes to throw together and cook, uh, including the rice. And like if somebody shows up at your house and, you know, unexpectedly and they're like, hey, you know, let's do dinner. You can throw that together and look like a pro in, like I said, under 10 minutes. It looks beautiful on the plate and it's really, really tasty. Oh, yeah. I bet that would be beautiful. Can you go through some of those spices, maybe some Asian spices that we might want to have on hand? Yeah, uh, one of the big ones is turmeric. Um, that's a yellow spice, and, mm -hmm. and it doesn't like really have a, a, a smell. You know, like cinnamon, you can smell. Clove, you can smell. You know, um, turmeric doesn't have a really strong scent. It's very subtle. Um, it's bright yellow in color, and if you taste it, it, it's got kind of a metallic taste. 
um, until it's been cooked down. So it's like chewing on a piece of tin foil um, <laughs> until it's you know cooked and simmered with everything else. So turmeric's one of those ones you want to throw in uh, early in the dish. Super one healthy. Of the great Super health healthy. benefits of it is mm. it's mm-hmm. uh, it's actually got anti-inflammatory properties. Mm-hmm. Um, so I use it a lot for my athletes, like post-workout meals and things like that. Incorporating a little bit of that um, speeds their recovery. Yeah, turmeric is great. It's like a wonder spice. Yeah, turmeric's fantastic. Ginger and garlic I almost always have on hand. Um, in fact, if you've got onions, garlic, and ginger, uh, you've got a very solid base for just about any culture in the world. Uh, you know, there, there's not a lot of cultures that don't use um, all three or at least two out of three of those ingredients. Um, and so I always have those raw ingredients on hand. Um, ginger can be kind of daunting to some people. They're like, what do I do with this? It's this gnarly, rooty thing, and I don't even know how to prep it. Um, but really, it's simple. You break off a piece the size of you know what you think you're going to need. Um, take just the, the edge of a spoon and just rub it along the skin. Just scrape it, and the skin comes right off. So that's the easiest way I know how to peel ginger, and that's what a lot of people struggle with. Mm-hmm. Um, once it's peeled, you can you know throw it in a blender. You can uh, run it across a cheese grater, or you can just mince it up with a knife. Uh, you know any of those three work just fine uh, for ginger. Um, and ginger, I mean, it's got antiseptic properties. It's, it stimulates the metabolism. It's, it's a very medicinal, uh, ingredient to have on hand. So great. Um, cumin and coriander are always good to have on hand. Um, some sort of uh, a heat element like uh, cayenne pepper, sriracha, uh, sambal olek. That's another really great ingredient to have on hand. Can you spell sriracha? I don't yeah. know that. S-R-I. Let's see. I got to think now. <laughs> R-A-C-H-I. <laughs> so it, it would be in the S's in the yes. uh, on the spice rack. Okay. Yes. Okay. Good to know. Because I definitely don't have that. Awesome. Awesome. So on your website, I believe you have a lot of recipes. Are there any other suggestions for places to find simple, undaunting recipes for us um, looking for more nutritious, less boring meals? Yeah, actually, I've, I've uh, you know, I've, a lot of my clients have kind of transitioned, you know, I don't expect them to stay with me forever, you know, when they first start using me for meal service. Uh, lots of them like to cook and they want to, you know, take control of their own lives. And so I actually have a, a meal planning service where every Friday I post a list of um, five lunches, five dinners. Uh, you know, the menu is all laid out for you. You've got all 10 recipes that are easy to follow. Most of them can be prepped in under 30 minutes. Wow. Uh, and it's got an optimized shopping list. So it, it goes through by section of the grocery store. So you'll spend much less time in the grocery store. And most of my clients report back uh, that they end up saving money on their grocery bill by using that list alone. What does optimized shopping list mean? Basically it means I've, I've gone through all the ingredients that you're going to need for the week. Okay? And, okay. and I've divided it up. Here's the produce that you'll need. Here's the dry goods that you'll need. Here's the dairy that you'll need. So you can take just one sweep around the grocery store without running up and down the aisles, mm-hmm. just one quick sweep around and get everything that you need for the week. Oh and my gosh. And spend a lot less time in the grocery store. That is, a, that is an amazing time saver and an amazing service. What a great idea. Are a lot of people taking advantage of this, Chef? Tim? Yeah, I've, I've, uh, it's actually, a, I, I started a Facebook community where I post the recipes at um, and it's, you know, it's this thriving little group of people who just love food, you know, and some of them are, you know, they're there because they need the convenience, they need the ideas, you know, uh, they need to know what meals they can prep that are healthy. Some of them are there because they love to cook and they want to learn more. Um, I post instructional videos based on feedback I get from the group, like this week, you know, with the weather warming up, um, you know, for the last two weeks, they've been asking for uh, barbecue recipes, you know, and grilling recipes. And so I'm shooting a series of videos 
that show them, you know, a couple different dry rubs. Here's how to make a barbecue sauce from scratch. So it'll be anything you ever got out of a bottle. Um, here's some grilling basics and here's some barbecuing basics because those are two different things. And a lot of people don't understand the difference, but they're two fundamentally different approaches to cooking. Um, and so just giving them some skills to go out on their own and, and do their own thing. So you're empowering people to become their own personal chefs. Absolutely. <laughs> that is so great. I love that you're doing that. Can you give us, for those who are not in the Salt Lake City area and they might want to hire a personal chef, can you give us some suggestions for finding a good one? How to, how to find one that, that meshes with you, that really gels? Yeah, a, a lot of it really depends on what's important to you, you know, and, and I found that my clients kind of break down into three different categories. Um, there's the, the elites, you know, they're, they're fitness pros and, you know, professional athletes and things like that. Um, for them, it's about hitting their macronutrient values. It's all about the nutritional value of everything I put in front of them. Okay. If that's what's important to you, then there are a lot of meal, like it, it, most gyms will have some kind of advertisement for a meal prep company. They can make sure you hit your macronutrients and, and they can balance things for you. Um, you know, and, and you can expect to pay somewhere between seven and $12 a meal on average, um, for services like that. Um, if you're looking for just convenience and having food handled for you, the, the nutritional element isn't necessarily a factor. It's more just about, I work, you know, eight, nine hours a day and I don't have time when I get home and I, I really want to eat healthy, but I just, I don't have the time, energy or interest in handling that part of my life. I want somebody to do it for me. So the convenience is the factor. Um, Google is a great resource, um, and culinary schools, you know, if there's any culinary schools, uh, in the area. Uh, you know, they're, they're generally very in touch with who the, the chefs are in that area. Wow. Um, what a great idea. Yeah. And then, uh, the last one is, uh, for me is, is the weight loss clients, you know, the ones who are absolutely looking to, you know, it's like, look, I, I have no idea how I got to this weight, but I need to get it off and I need your help to do it. You know, uh, losing weight is you know, really 80% or more of a, a fit lifestyle. Um, mm -hmm. you know, the working out in the gym, you can, if you've got a bad diet, doesn't matter how much time you spend in the gym, you're never going to, you know, out train a bad diet. It's just right. not going to happen. Right. Um, so finding a, a personal chef that has a nutrition background that can help you with that can be a little bit, a little bit of a challenge. You know, we're, we're a rare breed and we're few and far between. Um, but my recommendation would be, you know, start with Google, uh, just personal chefs in, you know, whatever your city is. Uh, and then ask them the questions, you know, ask them what their focus is, ask them, you know, what their specialty is and, and what services they provide. And you'll be able to get a really good feel just on, you know, based on a few conversations with some different private chefs who will be a good fit for you. Yeah, great ideas. And I think the one of the benefits of having a personal chef for weight loss is just the portion control aspect. Because uh -huh. I know when I cook for myself, I tend to be my biggest fan. And I appreciate my cooking so much because I do it so seldom that I eat eat the whole thing instead of saving some for tomorrow. So yeah, so the portion control is great. Thank you so much. I think a lot of people are, are going to want to go to your website. So why don't you give us some information about you and, and the services you have to offer? And then I want to, I want to put you on the spot after that. So. Perfect. Um, so <laughs> websites, um, just jlooney.com, just the letter J, that's my whole first name, looney, L-O-O-N-E-Y.com or chefjlooney.com. Those are the two different websites that you can contact me through. Or if you want to connect with me on Facebook, uh, either through my uh, professional page, which is, again, just Chef J. Looney, uh, or just search for J, just the letter. Uh, it's actually J.L. Looney 
on Facebook because they don't let me have just my first name as one letter. So, mm, but those are all good ways to connect with me. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. You've reignited my own passion for food with your passion for food. And now I, I, as I said, I want to put you on the spot. I want you to give us some words of wisdom because I know you've got them in there about, <laughs> um, let's give it a, let's give it a theme. Let's say words of wisdom for becoming more passionate about the food we put into our, the sacred vessels that are our bodies. How's that? Well, no, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. And here's, you know, here's just kind of my philosophy on that, Connie. Um, every bite of food we take, I mean, eating is one of the most intimate acts that we ever do. You know, we're voluntarily taking something inside of our body. Um, you know, and it's, it's amazing to me that people don't put more time and energy and even thought into what it is they're putting inside of this body, this amazing machine that they have. Uh, and so, uh, you know, just pause to think, you know, would, would I, you know, would I give this to my child? Would I knowingly give, you know, something with this nutritional value or lack thereof to my child or to a pet, you know, and, and if not, why am I taking it in? You know, why would I want that in my body? Why would I, you know, every bite of food you take is an affirmation of life. You're you know, on some level, you're making a decision to continue being here on this earth as a conscious being. And so just what, you know, what kinds of decisions are you making that are that affirm life? Are you slowly killing yourself? Or are you actually choosing to live? Mm. I knew you had it in you, Chef Jay. That was <laughs> perfect. Much. Primo. Awesome. Okay. I'm going to go to the grocery store and buy me some Asian spices, which I don't have. And I'm going to go to your website. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. And I'd love to do a video with you someday. I'm going to have to come out to Salt Lake. And thank you so I would much. Love that. Thanks so much for having me. Awesome. It has been so fun. So go have a happy, healthy day. <laughs>